The injury bug seems to bite Alabama about this time every year. There's a lot of rites of passage into the fall. The, the leaves start changing. Um, you know, you, people are leaving the beach, and Alabama gets an injury on the football team. So who was it this time, and how's Alabama going to deal with it? Here we go. Locked on Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked on Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? I'm just fine. I'm better than JoJo's Jones break. What is that? Did Julio beat up Christian? Uh, did Julio beat up JoJo Earl? It makes some sense. Uh, if Barrett Jones, Christian Jones, and Julio Jones all got in a scrap, J- JoJo Earl seemed like the guy who'd get hurt. <laughs> True. They stepped on his foot. Uh, but man, I mean, come on! What are the odds? You know, here we are with this uh, with this receiving core that we're excited about. Don't get me wrong, but it's really unproven. I mean, Jermaine Burton comes in, and we're all excited for him. I saw a mock draft today that had him going in the first round, and that's great. Um, we're excited for Tyler Harrell, but he's been sort of like there's something going on there, and I'll let you explain that a little bit later, at least theorize, because I don't think you know what's happening. But um, it seems like he hadn't splashed onto the scene like a lot of people had hoped. And now everybody's like, okay, well, even if Tyler Harrell didn't, you know, turn out to be the second coming of of Jamison Williams, then there's always JoJo Earl right there and he'll step up. And lo and behold, he ain't going to be doing any stepping for a while because he's got a Jones break in his foot, whatever that is. Yeah, you're jo- yeah, that sounds like something that sounds like something a made up doctor like on the Simpsons, you know, they had that made yeah. up doctor stuff real bad and uh you know they go to him and they say, "Hey, what's wrong with my foot?" and he's like scratching his head going, "Uh, I think it's a Jones fracture." You know, it's just totally made up. But here's the thing. Now, first of all, cuz I saw someone comment on Twitter before we started recording the show about how sort of implying that this only happens to Alabama. That's silly particularly on a day when I don't know what's wrong with him, obviously has a significant metal, medical issue, but Wake Forest quarterback Sam Hartman looks like he won't be playing football this season. He's one of the best quarterbacks in all of college football, uh, a big part of, of the college football story in 2022, frankly. And uh, he's out for what what seems, sounds like potentially something serious. Uh, this is football just being football. However, there is some bad luck here, and this is what it is. Um, I think had JoJo been lost for eight eight weeks or so, uh, the first thing that would have come to my mind, particularly with us starting season three of the first four games were against Utah State, uh, Louisiana, Monroe, and Vanderbilt. It's not exactly murderer's row. You can get away with playing young guys. So under normal circumstances, I'd be telling people, watch out, here comes Aaron Anderson. Aaron Anderson is the, is who is going to benefit from this, and we're going to see fr- true freshman Aaron Anderson, maybe even in a punt return role, and and that would be sort of exciting, right? But Aaron Anderson is also hurt, and that's where the Alabama luck lately, Luke. It seems like if we do have literal bad luck, some voodoo going on, it's that our injuries in recent years tend to be bunched up at one spot. Yeah, you lose four guys. 
well, losing four guys, no big deal. You have 85. You should be able to easily handle losing four guys. Yeah, but Alabama will lose like four inside linebackers or four outside linebackers. And now two slot receivers. <laughs> I mean, they're not just receivers. They're slot guys specifically. JoJo, young player, only played in the slot last season. Aaron Anderson only learned the slot spot this spring. Now he's out. So uh, we'll talk about the other replacement, uh, and I think it'll be Christian Leary. We're going to talk about that shortly. But if there is some bad luck, if there is some voodoo, why does Alabama lose guys in the same position? That's just – that's the the bad luck part. Hey, Jimmy, and, and you're spot on here. Now, look, I'm not going to – try to remember every single preseason injury we've had, but they've been pretty numerous. And I specifically remember 2019, uh, we lost two linebackers, one of one of which was Dylan Moses. And you're telling me that if Dylan Moses wouldn't have made uh, nine points worth of difference to beat um, Auburn and LSU that year? Right. And, there's no doubt in my mind he would have. He, we would we win one of those games, probably the Auburn game if we have him. But instead, we we don't have him. Um, shoot, you can go back to 2013. Do you remember Vinny Sinceri's hurt? That's the reason he's not out there holding for the field goal, which the the ill-fated field goal attempt. And um, if Vinny Sinceri's out there, at least he has a better shot to make a tackle on Chris Davis. I, and I remember telling Texas fans. You know, who, who, if we only had Colt McCoy, this is in 2009. And I remember for a while, my smart Alec, because I can't say the other word anymore, my smart Alec response in 2009 when Texas fans would say, Yeah, if we only had Colt McCoy, I was saying, Yeah, if we only had Dante Hightower, who, yeah. who, who we won the national championship, played the whole season without Hightower, who was unbelievable, you know, real good player. And uh, could have been, but but yeah, every so Alabama it seems has annual issues with injuries. I remember the the brief talk about when we hired Dr. Ray and and, and uh, David Ballou that that all that was over. That's just do, do do people watch football? I mean, <laughs> you're you're gonna lose guys no matter what your strength conditioning process is, and and that's okay. Now here's here's all good news to me, Luke. It and that's that. JoJo's going to be back in approximately eight weeks. Uh, two to three weeks of that will be literally just missing practice. Um, then the games start, and you play Utah State, and you play Texas, and you play Monroe, and you play Vandy. It is conceivable looking at the calendar that JoJo is back for October 1st, and you only miss those four games. Look, we, you know we're not going to lose to, to, to three of those four opponents because we don't have our starting slot receiver and punt returner. Uh, I do agree that the Texas game on the road is a little hairy, but for about three reasons. Number one, we didn't play well on the road last year at all. Uh, number two, uh, it's really the punt return job. Uh, I, I think it's going to be Kool-Aid McKinstry returning punts. I believe that. Uh, today I do. I mean, we'll see. My mind could change, but today I believe it'll be Kool-Aid. And uh, I'll be nervous about Kool-Aid fielding punts. All I want him to do is fair catch it, you know, on the road, the screaming fans, Texas has good athletes. I mean, just fair catch the ball and, and, and let's get on the bus and go home. But, uh, yeah, the Texas game will be a little hairy with Kool-Aid returning punts. I do think we, we will be fine for, for those four games with a backup slot receiver. And, and then uh, I guess we might do a break or something. But, uh, heck, let's talk about Christian Leary for a few minutes. That's, that, that's who's going to benefit. That's who I think might slide into the starting lineup. And let me tell you, I'm a Leary fan. Once he gets on the field, it might be tough to take him off it. 
Yeah, I want to talk about Christian Leary and, you know, one final note about uh, Kool-Aid returning punts. You know, the thing about Kool-Aid being the backup punt returner, I feel like that's what I want him to be, the backup punt returner. So I'm now that we have time between now and the and several games, I want somebody else to take that first position. What I'm saying is, see, if JoJo Earl had gotten hurt against Texas, cool, put Kool-Aid back there. You know, because he's he's smarter, more experienced. Um, he will make the better play, theoretically. But if we have time to train somebody to be a punt returner, that and, and God knows we got people that can return punts. We got a bunch of them. I mean, Isaiah Bond. I mean, somebody. Somebody. And, and I know you're smirking, but I'm saying. No, I'm, no, just, I'm not smirking at all. I'm, I'm uh, If I had a facial reaction, it's just. Maybe it's just because, you know, obviously uh, people know me. No, I didn't really play football. Returning punts is got to be one of the most difficult things. It's got to be. Agreed. But what my my point is that I don't want my starting cornerback doing it full time. So I would have him do it in a pinch because I think if, you know, if JoJo Earl gets hurt early in the Texas game, yeah, put Kool-Aid back there. Don't put some other – somebody else back there that's not been doing much put a guy that has some experience but we have time to get somebody else ready and therefore i don't want my starting cornerback doing that but now what i'm going to do now is tell everybody about uh what i'm going to tell you about i'm going to tell you about bill bar because they're awesome i had one for lunch today it's all i ate for lunch today very proud of myself and um you know i felt full i didn't need anything else if you haven't tried the built bar puffs yet you're depriving yourself one of the greatest joys in life and guess what there's a new flavor are you ready are you ready for this it's delicious indulgent cookie dough go check it out covered in chocolate that's right built bar has done it again folks let me introduce you to the new favorite cookie dough chunk puffs never thought i'd say those four words together in a row like that but i just did did it have a have a light and chewy texture on this thing. It's awesome. Real cookie dough chunks. And of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All of the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making the cookie dough, you know, and and it just tastes delicious. Go try it. Chocolate, excuse me, cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories and have a whopping 15 grams of protein. That's unbelievable. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15, get 15% off that order. That's built.com, use promo code LOCK15, for 15% off that order with LOCKED15 being your promo code at built.com. All right, so we mentioned uh, some potential uh, other players that could get time now that JoJo's out. Uh, Christian Leary does certainly come to mind. And as a matter of fact, I, I, one of our comments in the YouTube, the, the last podcast we did, a, a guy waxed poetic literally about Christian Leary. He was like, Look, I don't know why everybody's really worried about Tyler Harrell. Christian Leary's got this thing covered. Um, and look, I love Christian Leary because he he showed us he can come out of the backfield. Now, I don't even I don't even did he have any carries, like straight handoff carries last year. Do you remember? If he did, Luke, I don't remember. I'm gonna say he did, but it would have been two or three and definitely a garbage time situation. Yeah. I mean, his play of the year last year, uh, that immediately comes to mind was the the touchdown, Arkansas. Arkansas. But uh, and the thing that's impressive about that, Luke, is uh, he actually wasn't lined up in the backfield on that play. He was lined up as a normal receiver, and uh, obviously it was an ad lib thing on Bryce's part. I don't think it was designed the whole time to go to Leary, but uh, but there he is in the first half against an SEC opponent playing with the first team, and he's a true freshman. I think we we 
somehow have not overlooked, but we didn't talk up Leary enough in terms of, hey, he was actually on the field with the first team some uh, a year ago, and that's not an easy thing to do as a true freshman. Then on A-Day, we all know what he did on A-Day. He had over 100 yards receiving. He was sort of one of the stars of the day. But uh, I, I bring up this all the time, partly because I do like um, ripping on Ajay Hall a little bit. Uh, frankly, I'll admit that I like doing that. You know, when Ajay had his 100-yard A-Day uh, two A-Days ago, he racked up those numbers against because he beat freshmen, he beat walk-ons, uh, he beat backup players, he beat threes. He didn't even it wasn't even beaten on twos. He 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 was catching balls over the heads of players. He was clearly more athletic than, but it, it wasn't the first team he was beating. It wasn't even the second team guys really. Well, fast forward, Leary had his hundred yards. Yeah, he was going up against the twos. But the specific two he was going up against was Malachi Moore. I mean, that's who he All of Leary's plays that he made on A-Day were at the expense of Malachi. And while, while it's fair if you say, well, Malachi, in all honesty, probably isn't an elite SEC defensive back. Okay, true. But name the SEC defensive backfields Malachi Moore would not be a part of. I mean, Malachi would be playing for anyone in the SEC, probably even Georgia, you know, in terms of whether it's nickel or dime. So I'm just saying Leary racked up his numbers against legit competition. Uh, and, and, and I think a lot of the momentum that built for Ajay Hall was, was a little bit of fool's gold, to be honest. And we said so at the time. We, we, we were one of the few that were saying so. We weren't saying, hey, Ajay's going to fall flat on his face. Everybody doesn't know what they're talking about. But, but we bought it up here that it's not about – who, whether you can catch the ball, it's who are you beating, you know, and that's what people need to pay attention to. We got scrimmages coming up, right? And we're going to read about plays that are made and read about things that happen, but keep it in the proper context. Your first question, if you hear that a freshman receiver made a big play, it's fine to be excited about that, but your first question needs to be, who did they beat? Who did they beat? If they just beat another freshman, that's, that means something, but if they beat Kool-Aid or they beat Jordan Battle, that's something totally different, right? Well, yeah, and in hindsight, now that you bring that up, the worst thing that could have ever happened to a Jai Hall is he had a great spring game. I mean, because yeah. that didn't do anything to deflate an already puffy ego. Um, again, I have no problem with him. I, I hope he succeeds in Texas. I hope he does well in every game except us, of course. I mean, I'm, I'm pulling for a Jai Hall. I, I, again, we – we show that we can pull for guys that leave Alabama. We pull for Alvin Kamara. We pull for Jalen Hurts. And I know Ajay Hall uh, isn't the same kind of cat as some of those guys, but that's okay. I- I'm pulling for Ajay Hall. But he he needed um, he needed a reality check with us. And, boy, you know, I know he doesn't play the same position, right? <clears throat> but wouldn't it be great to have Ajay Hall on the field this year if if his head were completely on straight and things were worked out? I mean, that would be awesome. I mean, I'd love to have him. Because um, here's another thing, Jimmy. Here's another thing that the JoJo Earl injury is is bad enough by itself, and it's not catastrophic. I mean, he's not out for the year. This is not Dylan Moses, okay. But Cameron Latu's banged up, so now you've got two of the guys, two of let, let's say two of Bryce Young's five top targets yep. are going to miss a few games. I mean, fair enough, right? Uh, I don't, I don't think we know enough. About- Latu's injury. Uh, I'm, I'm hearing, uh, you know, 
I know nothing that leads me to believe Latu won't be playing against Utah State. I mean, I, I, I'm not telling you guys he is. I don't know that. I mean, I literally do not know. But what I also don't know is that he's missing games. I, I think Latu could be back before Utah State. But Luke makes a great point because you still have to practice. You can't just step out on the field of competition not having fully practiced and think things will be fine. So, you know, last I, I insist, I'm like one of the only people in the wilderness that, that says this, but I think an issue with our offensive line last fall was that we didn't practice with those five guys as the starters until the week of the Miami game. It was game week, and then we put five five guys in a different lineup than we had used before, All th- and, and it's like we didn't line up with those specific five guys in those specific five spots, not, not, not during the spring, not during fall camp, but it just fell a certain way to where, okay, Monday before Miami, these are the five we're going with, I'm not a huge fan of it, and and I, I think it, it it wasn't the cause of the line struggling all season, but I don't think it helped. Um, and, and I say that as a way to say, hey, even Latu missing these practices isn't particularly helpful. All right, Jimmy, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to turn our attention to something a little more encouraging, that is recruiting. All right, Jimmy, uh, Miles McVeigh. We'll be committing. Let's go ahead and call it today, even though it's really tomorrow. I mean, because it's like 736 here on a Wednesday night, and that's usually my bedtime. But um, regardless, Miles McVeigh from East St. Louis will be committing. And, you know, I just caught a little bit of the full ride that show with Chris Childers and Rick Neuheisel. And by the way, I appreciate the show because they talk so much about college football. And it's like year round talking college football. I dig that. I don't appreciate the fact that they constantly talk about SEC essentially ruining the health of college football. When I look around and go, college football seems pretty doggone healthy. We're Alabama fans. People are going to say, of course you feel like it's healthy. You're an Alabama fan. I'm also saying, what do you want to do? You want to punish the teams that are doing really well because they're doing really well? I mean, nobody punished Miami and Florida State in the 80s and the 90s. You know what I mean? Or Nebraska. When they were on a run, they, Nebraska could have easily won four in a row or five in a row. And they, you know, I'm just saying it, it irks me that everybody's like, oh, now, you know, the SEC's doing so well. Well, you know what? If the SEC wasn't doing well, you know what you'd do? You'd say they got to start firing coaches and get better and do a SEC found a formula that works and they're using it. But that's a that's a rant for another day. Regardless, I heard them on the full ride talking about Missouri. They were They had a Missouri preview or whatever. And they said, you know, one other couple other folks that are from Missouri, uh, Jamison Williams. Uh, and then I thought Ezekiel Elliott was from Missouri, wasn't he? I think that sounds right to me. I mean, yeah, St. Louis, mm-hmm. you know, but regardless, they were talking about how Missouri could be better if they just kept people at home. Uh, but they're not going to keep this guy at home either. Miles McVeigh. It sounds like he's going to go to Alabama, uh, some more offensive line help. And uh, so that's going to be huge. Let's go ahead and just talk about what Miles McVeigh means for Alabama because we are kind of assuming at this point Miles McVeigh will commit to Alabama. That's our projection at Bama Insider. Uh, Andrew Bone, Joseph Hastings have both uh, projected Miles McVeigh to sign with Alabama. Uh, don't don't ever disagree with them. Is, is a good uh, that's a good place to start. Miles is huge. I mean, that's one thing about he's big. He's he's not Jaheim Otis big, but he's in the the neighborhood. 
uh, he's going to be on the Otis plan in terms that this is a kid that needs to lose some bad weight and then get things really regulated. And if he does, he can be something else because even at this uh, excessive weight, he is shows a lot of athleticism. He plays hard. He plays with a ton of power. Uh, he's got the length of a tackle, uh, long arms, uh, and he's a guy that could probably get away with playing tackle. But I think at Alabama he'll be a guard, which will be fun because I think I'm talking about a ceiling here. I'm not comparing him to Deontay Brown, uh, but a couple of things. He's actually more highly rated than Deontay Brown, uh, actually more highly regarded, and and is a longer more built for Sundays type guy. Uh, I hope that Alabama is able to morph him into a Deontay Brown in his time at Alabama. I think that's a realistic path for him. I shoot. I think everybody would love it. If he went to Deontay Brown, the, the cornbread route, that would be awesome. Um, and how ironic, or actually it's not ironic. It's more fitting that, it, that if you're, Compared to a guy named Cornbread, you might need to lose a little weight. <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds about right. But uh, Miles McVeigh, we hope he'll be committing to Alabama at 1130. And then we're going to talk some more uh, as the podcast progresses this week. Uh, is it Paludio? Is that Raymond Paludio? Polito. Polito. Well, Polito. it looks like it's – okay. I, all right. I try my best with these names. You know hey, better than I. I get them right every time. And my problem is when I get them wrong, when I learn how to, how to say it, like – I said Olas Alanine's name wrong for so long. I, I'm not saying it right now, even though I know how to say it now. Uh, once I, I get it wrong, I'm going to get it wrong for a while. But, no, it's Raymond Polito. Okay. Well, we'll talk about him later in the week. Wanted to mention a few other things. First of all, um, Alabama basketball. I think McVeigh commits at 1130, and Alabama basketball tips off at 1130 tomorrow, right? Yeah. He what now? I think McVeigh commits at 6 p.m. Central. Okay, why did I have 11.30? Maybe I had 11.30 because of the basketball. Okay, Alabama plays basketball at 11.30 tomorrow. I do know that. wasn't today. No, it's tomorrow. That's my word. I missed it. Okay, so it's tomorrow and Friday. Thursday. Thursday. I mean, again, I'm not sure when you're watching this. But um, one other thing I wanted to tell a couple of folks, a couple of folks, how about everybody that's listening? There's a lot more than a couple. Um, Not just two people. (laughs) It used to be just two people. You (laughs) and me. Me and you. But uh, anyway, um, so we had Bob Kessling, the voice of the Tennessee Volunteers, on our show last night, Sports Blitz. And he's super. I- I'll tell you, Bob Kessling's. I, I like him a lot. Uh, he's just a dude. Uh, anyway, so we had Bob Kessling on and, and super guy. Uh, he's been on our show several times. And usually, I mean, we it's kind of a running joke. Like, usually when he comes on, he's like, yeah, um, going to be a tough year, boys. <laughs> you know, but this year he had some more excitement or whatever. Well, I gave him a couple of opportunities to try and pronounce Tennessee's quarterback commitments name. That's so popular. You know, the $8 million man, Nico. And I've been saying, I am Aliva. There's no way that's right, but that's what I'm going with. And I think it's right. I do think it's right. That's what I've been saying. I'm Aliva. I think it's wrong. Oh, wow. Oh, really? I think Joseph Hastings knows what it is. So we should have him on and ask him again. But Anyway, I just found it interesting. Like, he avoided that last name like the plague last night, and I just thought that was funny. Then I'm going to tell you one other personal story just very quickly because I think it's hilarious. Um, those who know me, you can, you know, follow me on Facebook, Twitter, or whatever. I've got a five-year-old daughter that is hilarious. 
and she's just full of personality. She is the opposite of me in a lot of ways and exactly like me and most others. And it's one of those ways where she has a great sense of humor, but she stays up. She can stay up forever. She can just stay up all night. She loves a crowd, um, loves all that stuff. Well, we had a, we went to a Catholic wedding last Saturday and, you know, the thing about a Catholic wedding, sometimes they can, they can, they can lay the guilt on you pretty good. You know, they, uh, in fact, we were told by the priest, uh, now everybody in this congregation, if y'all aren't willing to help this couple get to heaven, uh, that's on y'all. You might as well leave right now. And I was thinking I, I better go because <laughs> I don't really know them. I'm here for my wife. And, um, <laughs> and also this is the first time I've been to church in five years. So accounting weddings. So, um, I don't know that I can do much. Well, so this wedding was lasting a long time, right? And there's this, oh, it's a beautiful church, these old wooden pews. And really, I'm 50 or about to be 50. So all I could think was, I just hope I don't like the, the a moment of gas doesn't strike me. Because, I mean, I'm like, if that happens, everybody in the church is going to look at me. You know how like um, I, I'm one of those people that I, I, I'm uh, uh, self-deprecate. I always remember like the the terrible things I did as a as a kid or whatever, and like every time I think something good's going to happen, your brain's like, "No, remember that time you made a, a D plus on a test you really needed to make an A on?" Or you know, like, "Oh man!" So all I could think about was, "Man, I just hope that I don't have like a stomach issue right now." And I looked around, and it felt like everybody else was thinking the same thing because there were looks on these people's faces like they were having gas pains. Well, about that time, I, if I'm lying, I'm dying. My five-year-old daughter cuts one in the church on the wooden pew. And it may, it's not super loud. She's only five, but it's loud enough where like people turned around and we were like, whoa, you know what she did? Where I was thinking what I would have to do if that happened to me, and I'd be like, excuse me, y'all, I've got to go find a tall building to jump off of because I can't survive. I can't survive this. I will never live this down and I don't want to go on. She looked at me and her mom and did this, Jimmy. She went finger guns. She went, uh, and I was like, that girl's owning the moment. I was like, that is crazy. But uh, anyway, I'm glad I, I raised, I have raised so far a very confident child. I can't believe you uh, cut one in church and blamed it on your five-year-old. <laughs> right. Second time. Now, now you've gone to a new audience to blame it on. You, it's, it's bad enough you blamed it on her, and then she saved you. She saved you with the finger gun. The saved finger gun it. saved me. <laughs> and now now you've come to a whole new audience to say, no, no, really, it was my five-year-old. It wasn't me. But what I love is she even did the, the she even did the, I was like, who, what, who does the, any, the click of the gun anymore? I mean, it was, anyway, um, I just, I had to tell that story. I'm sorry. I know it's not Bama related, but y'all can, uh, y'all know how it is when you got a five-year-old. Sometimes you guys to tell the stories. Anywho. Jimmy, that's going to do it for today's podcast. We will be back tomorrow where we will start talking about some of these other guys committing. Hey, two big commitments on Saturday, uh, Palladio as well as Kelby Collins. And that thing is going back and forth like a tennis match. So uh, we'll be talking about that some more tomorrow. And until then, everybody, roll tide. Roll tide.